Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Liberty Libations. My name is Jake Green, joined as always by Alden Hardy, Zane Placey, and today our uh, producer is on screen, Mr. Zach Varnell. Welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, mine was hectic. Had a lot of family. We had like uh 11 people and six dogs in one three-bedroom house so <laughs> it was uh, a little bit stressful what about you alden i had a actually like the flip i've been so busy since we moved from washington to tennessee and my whole family and haley's whole family are in the south so we've been visiting everybody like every weekend we've had weddings we've had travel plans and so thanksgiving nothing <laughs> we took it off like it was Perfect. the flip of yours heck yeah zane did you do anything fun you see fam yeah went up went up to ohio to see the extended family so had to had to step into the portal so we could get somewhere that doesn't exist but uh... i was gonna say <laughs> if you didn't mention it i was gonna have to do the obligatory ohio doesn't exist for nick uh, just for nick's sake zach what'd you get up to for thanksgiving uh, just the standard stuff went up saw my mom and my brother people like that it's only in chattanooga this is like two hour drive and then oh you were right just... where i was yeah, well, not quite in the Tennessee, but on the Georgia side, real close oh, okay. to you. Yeah. That's nice. why we're looking for like houses right now. Well, in honor of in honor of Thanksgiving, uh, I just have a short little funny clip uh, to start off with. Um, the the caption says, uh, "When there are libs at Thanksgiving dinner, and someone asks why you're so quiet, <laughs> not to um, not to speak. If I speak, I am in in big trouble." In <laughs> and I don't want to be in big trouble. I prefer it not. <laughs> I love that. I think every libertarian going home to a non-libertarian family can relate to that. Or yeah. just, I guess, just if you have differing opinions with your family in general. <laughs> I feel like it applies to like either side of the spectrum, honestly, too. Yes. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's funny that if we go home, if we see my side of the family, it's that side. And then if we go Haley's side is more the conservative side. But either way, it doesn't feel comfortable, you know. Right. Howdy, Grumpy. Welcome What's to up, the Grumpy? show, buddy. Um, we're going to get into the stuff you're in charge of at this exact moment. Y'all, if you find anything we talk about tonight uh, interesting, um, if you have questions about the Libertarian Party of Georgia and what we're doing around the state to spread liberty and freedom, uh, go to lpgeorgia.com. Um, our convention, our 2024 convention, tickets are on sale right now. Uh, you can get them for $75 up until a week from today. A week from today, they go up another $10. It's going to be down in Conyers, Georgia. We've got Spike Cohen, Shane Hazel, Sarah Higdon, Adam Nutter, Edgar Mills, the Tower Gang Pod, and a six- candidate debate between all of the libertarian candidates for president so um zach am i missing anything do we miss anything on that one um something we just announced is range day with spike boom so, there it is that was gonna yeah. be my next one range is that a rocket day. launcher <laughs> it's a bazooka <laughs> um on january 26th at the south river gun club um, you can go have a range day with Spike Cohen, former vice presidential candidate or nominee for Libertarian Party. Um, $100 a person. I believe there are only 15 spots. Is that correct? Yeah, only 10 now. Only 10. All right. Mm -hmm. Ticket, I mean, we just announced this. Tickets are going quick. Yeah. <laughs> so if you sign up, do you get to fire the bazooka? 
I doubt it. <laughs> I was like, that's how many rockets there unless, are. Unless you, bring, unless you bring your own. Zach, yeah. Then, then maybe that's it. It's BYOB. <laughs> Bomb? Or what's the B? Bazooka. Oh, Duh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the convention chair told me that they are looking for some wacky gun for Spike to shoot. So if anybody has anything like crazy off the wall they want to bring, hmm. we can do that. Okay. Okay. That's I've good got to that. Know antique 22 that doesn't fit modern munition size that we tried to shoot it yeah, no, <laughs> don't bring that that was useless <laughs> it is borderline useless it's yeah. really cool though it is an antique it's beautiful 22. yeah but it's i gotta find gun. old like the uh gallery uh munition that's like really got like no grain in it yeah to fit yeah. or something yeah, the bullets had to be tiny to go in that thing because we tried to put just long rifle twenty two in there and it just not magnum jammed the whole thing up. It was yeah. terrible. <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Uh, lots happened um, in the two weeks since uh, since we last. Yeah, we can't recorded. take a week off. I know taking a week off, we get really far behind. Um, so I, I picked a few topics for us to cover today. Um, we might get into some more areas, um, but uh, these are the big ones. The first one is uh, just really fun. It's just a fun one. Um, so this is Elon Musk being interviewed at the Deal Book Summit by New York Times. Let's see. Let me get to the right section. Here we go. Here we go. The hostage. It was given to me by the parents of, of one of the hostages. And I said I would wear it as, as long as there was a hostage store remaining. And I have. Um, what was that trip like? And obviously, you know that there's a public perception that, and, and you're clarifying this now, um, but there's a public perception that that was part of a apology tour, if you will. That was, this had been said online. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go fuck yourself. <laughs> nervous laughter. Go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I hope it is. Bob, you're in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll pause it there because he, Sorkin, really has no idea what to say after that. And he, he asks some not great questions, and Elon's still just stuck on the go F yourself bit of it. Um, and what's funny is Bob Iger had just spoken and was likely still in the crowd. And so that's who he was saying, hey, Bob, because <laughs> mm. um, so many people, they, are leaving Disney um, as far as viewership and uh, subscribers and stuff. And they talked, they lit Disney literally talked about how uh, um, the things they're trying to promote is not what the majority of people want to see. Yeah. <laughs> and so they're like asking for help and asking for all sorts of stuff. And Disney you know, is Disney's asking. Yeah. 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 Well, so it's pretty, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, Elon Musk, he has some great, uh, he does some great stuff. He does some less than great stuff every now and then, but I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on? We all do great and here. less than great. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you're a billionaire, it's just magnified for all to see or whatever, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. What was he talking about at the very beginning when he was like, he'll, was it the jacket oh, or something that he'll so, wear? Or? No, it was the necklace he was wearing. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. He had, he's been under fire for some anti Semitic tweet or response to a tweet or something oh. that he, he already said was not meant to be anti Semitic. What did he say? He doesn't all. like bagels or something? Like, I mean, honestly, I, I don't forget. Know. I forget what the right tweet was, uh, but it was something about what's happening over there right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What are, you, what are your thoughts on? So the interesting thing about this is he's literally telling advertisers that he will not kowtow to their demands. And uh, later in this section of the video, he talks about how, yeah, Twitter might die or those companies might die and we'll be there to document the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like someone that's like willing to like truly just be like, well, we're not going to just to save a buck like, you know work with terrorists whatever like we're not gonna you know yeah. bend our principles or whatever i'm fine with that yeah i'd be curious to know like what's um all of these big companies that i would imagine spend a lot of money advertising on twitter and now may not what percentage is that of the overall ad revenue ad uh spending on twitter because mm. it's easy to point out like these handful of big companies and be like oh twitter is dying elon musk is an idiot and he's going to lose all his money but if you, you know if you've got tens of thousands of other smaller companies who are also advertising on twitter maybe it's not as big of a deal mm -hmm. the other oh, thing is yeah. how much of this is just you know virtue signaling by the company saying oh we're so offended by elon musk we're gonna pull all our advertising yeah, yeah but yeah. then maybe they actually don't yeah i mean that he he pointed that out very quickly after that that outburst too he was like uh i i don't believe i believe in in doing i forget his exact words but basically it was i believe in doing good not looking like you're doing good yeah yeah <laughs> um, i haven't heard him say that but like i've been calling this particular thing out a lot in recent years here yeah. and i'm frustrated with whatever the like cultural zeitgeist thing is of like that you have to like be seen as looking like you are doing good rather than really considering what has the greatest positive impact for more people kind of a thing and mm -hmm. just in a broad brushstroke I, I find that we're kind of emotionally sort of led and misguided a lot of the times in what that can look like oh yeah and he's the type of person to I, I think i mean truly think about like what actually will do good one of the examples that i was talking to someone recently that kind of makes me think of this is like hunters that go to africa and hunt elephants or something like you know rich doctors that you know go on safari hunts mm -hmm. and they basically pay to keep that available for them to do yes and people don't like the concept of like keeping the hunters able to hunt elephants but when there's money involved and people pay to hunt the elephants they actually do a better job and they're like the numbers are in like they do a better job of preserving the elephants and when that goes away they stop protecting them and poachers go in and do it any goddamn way yep. and so it feels kind of weird to be like oh we're like preserving the elephants so that rich people can hunt them but it's like but in the end it saves more elephants and so like do we just oppose it because it feels weird or do we look at the numbers and go over the years like this has been working and that's like an example of something that like i think feels ick to a lot of people but i feel like if you're truly here for what helps at least on the right now that's doing a better job than not doing that so
Oh yeah, it's the market sure. at work. But what I really uh, respect about Elon Musk for all of his foibles is that when you are that rich, it imagine how easy it would be for him to just like have all of the approved opinions, don't make any waves, and then you can not only be rich, but you can also be like in the club of the power elite mm-hmm. and have everybody love and respect you like they do all of the other you know power elite that that spout all of the progressive lines yeah and he's like no i'm not gonna do that you can go f yourself i don't care yeah so i appreciate that he is actually using his position of having that much money to accomplish something that is a net positive instead of doing what would be a lot easier for him personally and not standing up 100 percent. you could take you could flip this too and ask how many people companies, whatever, that aren't as rich and can't afford the risk as easily of Mm -hmm. like something tanking, how much are they, I would even argue unconsciously motivated to like bend to, again, the cultural zeitgeist kind of a thing to not ruffle feathers, to not upset people, to go with what seems good. Yes. You know what I mean? Like when you see Elon Musk, he's like, oh, well, he's rich. He can do it or whatever. And I'm like, yeah. And highlighting how often does this happen when people aren't rich? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, there were tons of stories of that during the lockdowns of like restaurants staying open or stores staying open despite cops coming and like boarding up their place. They'd come back in and rip the boards down and remain open. But they, you know, end up going to jail or having heavy fines. Yeah. Um, and how many people are not willing to yeah. take that on? And yeah. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that somebody with that big of a profile and with that much power is doing it emboldens everybody else. Where it's like, no, you, you little peon. Here's an example of somebody not yeah. having all the approved opinions. Yes. It's, yeah, that's fair um, too. It, it can sort of challenge and lead its own sort of cultural counterpoint, maybe. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't um, know if you want to talk any more about Disney, but you sure. saying about how like the Disney Plus subscriptions are going down, mm-hmm. and they have like one of their chief officers in charge of like content openly talking about how they want to inject like gender non-binary and LGBT characters into pretty much every movie and TV show that they make. I don't remember the exact clip, but something to the extent of that. It was an episode, there was an episode of South Park that was specifically making fun of this person. I think her name is like Kathleen Kennedy. Okay. But it's like one of the one of she's a high up officer of of Disney and she's she's openly talked about how they're going to wokeify most of Disney's programming. Yeah. And the fact that people obviously there are a million different reasons why somebody might cancel their Disney Plus subscription or not go to see the latest movie. And I'm not going to say that backlash against the woke stuff is all of it, but to see to see that sort of consequence when Disney has staked a large part of their reputation on changing their programming in this way, mm-hmm. I think is an encouraging sign where you can't spit in the face of your own customers and then expect that they'll keep consuming your product. Mm-hmm. Yep, hundred percent. And Elizabeth's exactly right. It gives people courage. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I completely agree. Um, and like, there are plenty of companies out there that can, like, that thrive off of 
catering to smaller communities and communities that aren't the majority, but like trying to make it seem like it's an egregious offense to not watch Disney stuff because they're promoting things that you don't necessarily like agree with is idiotic. And, and you know, the fact that they have so much power in the media world is makes it very interesting and a little authoritarian. Yeah. Ultimately people are going to watch what they want to and not what they don't, you know? And again, with like the market, you know, like of choices and free will and where someone's willing to put their money and not. Yeah. And yeah. And like, I, I've gone, I've gone to this, uh, this comparison a million times on, on multiple shows that I've been on, but Ted Lasso, First season, yeah, it had its own. It had plenty of messages in there um, that weren't necessarily things that everybody agreed with or that everybody thought, but it didn't bash you over the head with them. It put mm -hmm. them in subtly. It it did it in a really good way and had I a thought whole it was, mix of great things. And then I thought the it was second, tasteful and yes. seamless, and it didn't detract from the story. Yeah, and the character arcs made sense. And then second season, I don't want to step on your toes too much, yeah, but no, it started they just to use the culture war as a bat to bash you across the head with. And it imploded character arcs that made sense in the first season. And then people yes. were doing things that didn't make any sense. It was all yeah. over the place. I haven't even finished the second season because it was the writing was so bad. It was like, oh, no. like don't yeah, oh no, that. I'm done. I, I haven't, yeah. yeah. It's just, it was, I think I got, I don't know, four or five episodes in or something. And I was like, this is just. It was like truly. It felt like a writer strike went on, and they had to bring all, all, like Dude, all the interns started writing this season. That's like, what I assumed. So I was like, okay, I'm just gonna power through this season and watch two episodes of season three and see what happens. Dude, didn't get better. Wasn't worth it. <laughs> season one, it's so sad too because you know season one. I don't want to get too far on off the rails with or into the weeds with this or whatever, but yeah, it's like a masterpiece. I mean, I really yeah. think that it's a perfect season of of. I don't care what genre. I still go back has, and rewatch the first season. I will too. I, yeah. It's yeah. so good. It really is brilliant. It has all the feels. And I thought it was, you know, if there's any messaging into it, it's sewn in in an artful way. And I'm mm -hmm. emphasizing the word art where a message through art is symbolic and it, you know, it takes on metaphor and it often is through the lens of somebody else's experience through writing and lets someone sort of like assimilate this into their lives if they want to or not kind of thing. And like, that's writing. Then there's messaging. That's a whole different, you know, that's where writing actually takes a back seat to the messaging. This is like in my channel that I'm going to work on you with later for like decoding movies and stuff. I'm going to talk about this a lot more. All right. But it's the first season, heartfelt and artful. Second season, the messaging instead of being interlaced at all in an awful way was took, yeah. you know, front no, seat. Like, like first season, it's them leading you by hand down a great pathway. And the second <clears> season, <throat> you're going down the same pathway, but they hurl you into a brick wall. Yeah. <laughs> Repeatedly the, just smash you into the brick wall. It's the biggest you know, bait and switch. You, you know what other work of media throws you into a brick wall? What's that? What's that hmm. Divide and dominate. How the powerful <laughs> steal more power. <laughs> Uh, oh goodness gracious in what but, way um, zane in what way <laughs> only in a good way um but i was i was listening to an episode of the, of the dangerous history podcast if any of you are familiar with that and he was making the point that the reason why 
he thinks Disney and some of these other big companies are making woke remakes of like Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and all of the all of all these the... beloved franchises instead of making their own new media that's just has the woke messaging in that is yeah. that kind it's a display of dominance that the power elite at the media companies have over middle America and the consumers of the traditional media that they're like, no, you can't have your own saying we're going to take what you like and make it in our image and screw you. We hate you. There we go. Yep. Yep. And Elizabeth just uh, did a posted SEC report from Disney. Yeah. I was we face risks relating to misalignment with public and consumer tastes and preferences for entertainment, travel and consumer products, consumer preferences, Consumer perceptions of our position on matters of public interest, including our efforts to achieve certain of our environmental and social goals, often differ widely and present risks to our reputation and brands. <laughs> People don't like our stuff. Like, yeah. <clears throat> so they even know it's happening, but they're yeah. still, they still continue down the road. That is quite the statement. That is quite yeah. the statement. So. Misalignment is... Yeah. A nice way of putting it. Yeah. And then there's Elon Musk, who's just like, okay, so Twitter will die. You know, let's let's yeah. see. And he says, like, we'll just put it. Uh, he's he's like, uh, we'll just put it, put it to the courts. Like, leave leave it up to the courts. And he's like, the courts. And he's like, yeah, the general public. The court yeah, of yeah, public yeah. Opinion. The court like, of public opinion. Exactly. That, that yeah. will decide. And <laughs> some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> it's like corporate Darwinism. It's like if it dies, it wasn't fit enough. You know, it was sickly. If yeah. it survives, we'll shed off the parts, you know, we'll have gotten through it and maybe it'll be better for it. It'll be a healthier business for it. Like that's the way that I kind of see it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. How do you guys feel about like this? This reminds me of like the 08 like bank bailout kind of shit, you know, that was happening mm -hmm. where it's like the too big to fail whole thing that was being thrown out. And um, that was when I started to, young me started to realize that um, Obama was not what he hoped and promised to he, you know, all of that. So. And then he was just the same as all of them, but. Oh yeah, no, for sure. That's a, uh, I, I, I didn't get smart quite as quickly. I also didn't really give a crap about politics back then. Like it wasn't until, at, I don't know, end of college, beginning of, like regular life for me. Mm. Like after we graduated. Regular life. <laughs> college is surreal Dude, life. Dad, dad was not regular life. Let's be real. I, that's totally fair. <laughs> I, I, I hate to admit it, but unfortunately when I was eight years old, I did not know very much monetary policy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very like drastic admission for you to make. Yeah. I probably surprised. stole more than most though. Probably. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. My financial policy knowledge was piggy bank at that age. That's all I knew. There you go. Um, okay. We'll go on to our second story unless somebody else has something to say about uh, Elon Musk's. Uh, oh, also go watch that whole thing. Musk talks about some great stuff during that interview. It's about an hour and a half long, so it's not short. Um, the interviewer's fine. He doesn't do a terrible job, but he's not amazing. Um, but yeah. Musk goes into a lot of things um, and he goes into his favorite book, which is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and talks. That's about interesting. That. I was just talking about that like yeah. a week ago. That's funny. Yeah, no, he loves that book. He's <laughs> talked about it multiple times and how it helped like form his opinion on the world because he was apparently hmm. he was pretty like considering suicide for a while um, when he was younger um, and that book brought him back. So that was interesting to know. That is interesting. That's a big uh, tech guy book. 
Yes. I just noticed. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Grumpy reminded me. I was going to say this, and I forgot. What is everybody drinking tonight? Oh, yeah. Old style lager, <clears throat> which is like Coors, but better. It's literally called Old Style Lager? It's called Old Style Lager, yeah. I think it's made in Chicago. I don't know. It's good. It's, it sounds of like what a I, beer. Yeah, of what I call like fridge beers. It's like my favorite fridge beer. <laughs> Zane, what you got? I've got um, Batwit Crazy Belgian Style Wheat Beer. Steve <laughs> would be really proud of me because a New Realm product. <laughs> Why are the beers you drink... Always named with massively long names. Because <laughs> here's what I do. I go to Total Wine and just pick up a bunch of these individual beers that sound like they're good, and then I drink them. I like that. I like that. I love that they I – don't, I don't remember them doing that before where they just have a whole rack of individual beers, and you can put – like make your own six-pack or own 12-pack or whatever. So pro tip if any of you shop a total wine, but they did they do have the like individual beer can section. But what you can also go do is go to the six pack section and you're allowed to just snip individual beers off of the six packs and they don't yell at you. <laughs> well, I think I don't know if that's an official policy though. Just Zane. because they don't yell at you <laughs> doesn't mean you shouldn't do that, Zane. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody you. told me that I was allowed to do that. That I... somebody got fired the next day. Yeah, I have heard of that before. I don't think Zane's making it up. There I thought it was very... something like Yankees did. Like you had to be in, you know, New England for that to be acceptable. But... There's um, such a Brian wide says price range. He's inhaling awkward atmosphere. Um, not <laughs> that's what he's drinking tonight, so that's fun. <laughs> Zach, are you drinking atmosphere? anything? I have some boxed white wine. There we go. Oh my god! Is gosh. that a green box? It's blurred out. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boxed white wine. All right. Okay, y'all. Second story. We'll go to the second story. Um, it's actually kind of a twofer, and then we'll go into trivia. Unless y'all want don't... to do trivia now. I don't do twofers. You don't do twofers. Okay. You only do onefers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, back in the homeland, um, Dublin, Ireland, uh, been uh, the center of some very interesting things happening recently. There was a bunch of riots in the past week um, that were kicked off when an immigrant uh, decided to go and stab three children um, in the streets of Dublin. And then riots happened um, because for the past, I don't know, 25 years or so, 30 years, maybe Ireland has been accepting a ton of immigrants um, very much against the will of a lot of their people. Um, and so. So is there a misalignment with the public opinion and the product that Ireland government is pushing. It, it, as... seems, it seems to be that way. Um, it seems yeah. very similar to things that, <laughs> things that we struggle with here in the States. It feels like Disney's it... PR wording. Like, Well, there's a Disney in Ireland, right? They must be in shambles. <laughs> um, so uh, the riots have finally calmed <laughs> down. 34 people were arrested. A five-year-old girl's in very serious condition. Woman yeah, 34 30s. arrested actually doesn't seem like that much. Like that seems like a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, th no, that you're probably right. Um, that probably I don't isn't know, a ton for Ireland. I don't know. We're going to watch this whole thing. But there was idiotic looting and people taking advantage of the situation. But like there were proper people who were there trying to protest and it turned into a riot. And 
many, many bad things happened. Stores were looted. Stores were like destroyed. I don't know um, much about Irish riots. This will be interesting. Did the CIA put bricks out for their riots too? I don't know how this works. Like, <laughs> it's a good question. That's a good question. That's interesting. Um, but it one of the, one of the biggest things that came from it. Hang on, let me pull this one up now. Is Conor McGregor, who, if people don't know who Conor McGregor is, he was an MMA champion, um, one of the best to ever live. Um, he tweeted out saying, innocent children ruthlessly stabbed by a mentally deranged non-national in Dublin, Ireland today. Our chief of police had to say this on the riot, had, to, had this to say on the riots in the aftermath. Drew is not, <laughs> Drew, not good enough. There is grave danger among us in Ireland, and that should never be here. Wait, around, sorry, among us That's in okay. Ireland, that should never be here in the first place. And he goes on to talk about how, um, like, these people weren't uh, assimilating to, like, their culture, um, shouldn't have been there. He says it right there, shouldn't have been there to begin with. Um, and now there's, they're causing violence. And um, he's actually under investigation for violating a new law that we'll talk about in a second. Um but I don't know. It's a, Ireland's a tiny country, and the the fact that they're I don't know what the numbers are, but they are let, they do let in quite a number of immigrants. Um, so, and when you when you have a smaller country and the immigrants become a bigger percentage of that yeah. smaller country, more problems get created. Unless more faster, the, yeah. Unless one of the big things with immigration is that those people need to assimilate to your culture. Um, I don't know. What are y'all's thoughts on, on the riots in Dublin? I'm going to refrain from talking about immigration itself because there are libertarians on both sides of the immigration debate. And I mean, we can get into it if we want if we want to, but I kind of feel like to. that's a separate issue. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'm just going to comment on the hypocrisy of people who claim to be for democracy, but are actually not for democracy at all. Like you'll they see a lot of publications, know. a lot of politicians will claim that they want to uphold democracy. But then if you, it's, I mean, I haven't actually checked any of the opinion polling, but from what I've seen, it seems pretty obvious that a very large contingent of the Irish people do not want this many immigrants coming in again the setting aside whether or not you think they should be allowed in or not many many irish people do not want them to come in mm. and when people say you know we want democracy what they really mean is we want to be in charge and we want you to keep electing us or else you're far right and shut up and we hate you <laughs> um yes. i mean this goes all the way back to surprise surprise Woodrow Wilson's concept of modern democracy, where, yes, it would technically be a democracy in, in which people would vote, but his idea being that there would be a certain class of people that would kind of already know what the people wanted before the people even knew what they wanted, and their job would be to shepherd the people into electing them and supporting the policies that the leaders already wanted anyway. Mm. So... The next time you hear somebody say, I support democracy, know that they're probably lying. <laughs> yeah. I support Irish democracy. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Liar. 
Look that <laughs> up. Here's, a, it's a here's cool the term. thing: principle, principled anarchists such as myself don't like democracy either, because all democracy is is two wolves and a sheep voting on once for lunch. But at least I'm honest <laughs> about it. Everybody wants what they want. Nobody wants what somebody else wants, but they don't want. Correct. Correct. I feel like Irish democracy sounds like an Urban Dictionary sex position or something. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm looking it up, and I, I don't I don't know. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful on Google Images there. Um. All right, here it is. Irish democracy: the silent, dogged resistance, withdrawal, and rustlance of millions of ordinary people oh it's so, so oh basically it says rather than by revolutionary vanguard or rioting mobs so it's just it's like a flip on and, the irish goodbye like irish yeah, democracy well, irish goodbye yes. okay yeah <laughs> it's a play on the same okay so just oh. stop cooperating basically right uh, man that sounds like an anarchist theme right there it, yeah um i align with that more than i thought i would actually um, also, one more thing, y'all, before we this is going right into the next topic, but uh, we are very close to getting kicked off of YouTube. Um, I mean, I'm surprised we're still here. I had I had a episode of Free Georgia podcasts on Monday with <coughs> Tia Severino. That episode got pulled. I had to go through YouTube training to uh, re-education re-education to get our <laughs> channel back in proper standing and i had to answer yeah. a bunch of questions that i detested um mm -hmm. it was terrible and i actually I was gonna suggest you thing. do it on stream oh, okay great i recorded the whole you thing it'll, it'll be coming it'll be coming out <laughs> uh, i've been yeah. meaning to ask you in general if you should make like a separate channel for like liberty libations and for free georgia and different things because like if one gets yeah. then all of them get kind of i'm considering axed. it but man we between between like libertarian party of georgia and peaceful sea we have like a thousand subscribers mm. um so like losing that is difficult yeah uh, yeah brian says achievement unlocked kicked off youtube <laughs> <laughs> you know we Platinum still have trophy. the strike we still have the strike from you interviewing ted Metz. i know and there was, was a almost a year ago and there, well, there's a re-education quiz out for it, too, where we can get it knocked off. Really? I have, I've never taken it. I was going to wait and see if we wanted to do it on stream. But yeah, it's, okay, we'll, I saw we'll, it out there. We might we might do it on stream uh, next yeah. time. Next, next I, uh, yeah. Are the re-education questions specific to the, to the offensive post that you put up? Or are they? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so you, <laughs> so are the questions like, you know, we, we affirm that there was no malpractice in the 2020 election you know we <laughs> support everybody being vaccinated some, something well, like that because art the the one with tia was medical misinformation oh god in which i had to basically confirm dick. what yeah. was medical misinformation and what wasn't <laughs> oh my god and it was so painful clicking the correct answer the correct answer every time you yeah. gotta give fauci a reach around Oh man, it was bad. It was bad. It was only seven questions too, which was infuriating. Um, but man, yep. 
Uh, Grumpy says, yeah, the- send it to me. I'll answer the question. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. I started the one for Ted just to take a look at it. And it was all about elections. It's like in this hypothetical Brazilian election, such and such contests yeah. such and such. Like, is that okay to talk about on YouTube? Well, one of the funny like, things. Why is it not okay? didn't know. Yeah. Well, I didn't know because it sounded fine to me, number one. But then also... <laughs> The whole thing was supposed to be about U.S. elections, and then they're bringing right. Brazil out of nowhere. Yeah. So, and one of the things was uh, it ended with a vaccine that's uh, confirmed to be safe and effective by the WHO. It's just like, oh, I, I just hate you this, so much. <laughs> this reminds me of what uh, Zane brought up about, like when he, I don't know what exactly you were watching, but you were talking about someone. Uh, from NIST debating someone from you know like loose change. This, or... this was in the private chat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but the concept is similar of like because what Jake, what did you just say about like uh, confirmed by the WHO to be yeah. safe or whatever? This is like it's been said that it's proven or confirmed by NIST to have happened this way, and you're like, no, that's what we're challenging is like that <laughs> yeah, your I mean... authority on this matter is what is under question. The, yeah. the point here is that regardless of whether the vaccine is safe and effective or not, the WHO is going to say that it is safe and effective. Yeah. So well, they uh, if, it. We were, if we were to say arguendo, and I don't even want to say it in, in fear of getting a YouTube strike. That sounds yeah. like a Harry Potter if, spell. We will, we will not be able to, to stream for a, for a week if we say something bad today. <laughs> That uh, has to do with pos- medical misinformation. Postulating Wait, arguendo that the who was wrong, the who would never that like saying um I don't I don't know how to phrase it that would not get <laughs> safely. Us yeah, that's what ever, the, I have been clear enough that the audience knows the point yes. that I'm trying. to Yes, I think that's right fair. We can do it there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So that being said, go subscribe and watch <laughs> this show on Rumble. Um, we've got a viewer, we've got some viewers over there right now watching. Um, we don't we can't currently interact as far as post posting your comments from over there, but mm. I do have it pulled up while we're streaming so that I can read your comments um, on on the air. So look at you multitasking. Go over to Rumble and and do it there because we're not. I mean, we're just our days are numbered. Yes. Yeah. Actually, my company's page is numbered too, which sucks. Oh, (laughs) it's all. I can't. I can't explain the example that we were talking about in the chat because that probably won't get us kicked off YouTube. But we were discussing the upcoming debate over whether or not 9/11 was an inside job. That'll be when we lose it. (laughs) In in which I'm taking the 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 negative, which is that no, I do not think that it was an inside job. I think it was actually done by terrorists. However, I was watching a debate between the makers of Loose Change, which is a documentary made by people who are claiming that it is an inside job. They were debating some people from Popular Mechanics who were saying, no, it wasn't. You're an idiot. But <laughs> what what the Popular Mechanics guys kept doing was saying, well, we read the NIST report. So the National Institute of Standards and Technology, they did a big report over the collapse of the twin towers years later and and the the debaters were like we well we looked at the report and all the experts say that it you know collapsed because the plane crashed into it and i just that's not a really good argument because regardless suppose for the sake of argument that it was an inside job 
there is no way that the government would sponsor a report right. that claimed that it was an inside job. The so government, regardless of whether it was or was not inside job, yeah. the NIST report is going to say that it wasn't. So it's Anyone. not to say that you can't. It's not to say that you can never trust official sources, or or you can't cite them, or you can't read them, or gain something from them. But the argument can't be that it's right because that's the, what the report says. Well, it can't it has be. To be. It has to be that it's right because the report is a reflection of the of the laws of physics, right? And which hold true <laughs> in all situations. Which we don't need a report to say. Correct. And you can find that elsewhere. And if like the axiom for the argument on the one side is, Hey, we think this is an inside job and the government is responsible. And like the EPA and NIST and different companies that were like handed things by the government to do in the wake of this. If you as the opposition to this are going to cite those things, you either don't understand how a debate works or you are willingly just doing this to troll people. I mean, honestly, there's no, like if in this specific instance, this is how you come at a debate like that, you are disregarding entirely how a debate works. It doesn't, like, <laughs> that is what is we're questioning right now is the authenticity God. of these agencies. I'm so looking forward to our debate. Uh, this is gonna be so much fun. <laughs> So anyhow, well, you, can, you can you can apply that same logic to reports that the WHO issues about Correct. the COVID vaccine. Where yeah. I will say, and I don't have my fingers crossed, that I believe that the COVID vaccine is for most people not a harmful thing to take. There we go. It it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't murder most people. There we go. We'll, Sorry, we'll leave, we'll leave it at that. We're going to move on. Hold on. Well, what? Zane, if you want to understand how the people think, you have to think of it religiously, not like factually like you are. They're thinking like, well, NIST told us so. Uh, They're like right. the bishops of science. <laughs> They're beyond corruption. So, the, of course, that's correct. The cardinals it, of science. I've, I've heard the comparison of leftism and statism, statism in general to religion before, but mm -hmm. I would actually go a step farther and say that it's even more dogmatic and less tolerant of dissent than religion is. Like I, I've mentioned on the show many times before, I'm I'm a Christian. I take that very seriously. Jake is too. I struggle with doubt a lot, mm. which is something that you're allowed to do in as a Christian. You know, God can handle it. There's you a whole can, film you, about it. You know who can't handle any doubt or dissent? The state. <laughs> yeah. There we go. And who That's can fair. Is the truth. The truth can always handle doubt and handle being questioned. There we go. Yeah. Grumpy says Fauci is science and Biden is democracy. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> anyway, last thing too about Conor McGregor is I'm just shocked to see a news item that says Conor McGregor and stabbed children and it wasn't him <laughs> <laughs> to lead the range i mean i would have thought if you told me this a year ago it's like oh he stabbed somebody if that's mm. in the news i i understand that that makes sense <laughs> all right well let's uh let's see why conor mcgregor is now under investigation uh, yeah what's this new law dude it, it's gonna blow your mind here we go uh, i don't know if i'm ready for this oh no all legislation is about the restriction of freedom. That's exactly what we're doing here, is we are restricting freedom, but we're doing it for the common good. Oh. You see, throughout our constitution, yes, you have rights, 
but they are restricted for the common good. Everything needs to be balanced. Mm. And if your views on other people's identities go to make their lives unsafe, I can't do it. I gotta get whiskey. I can't do it. Cause them such deep discomfort that they cannot live in peace. Then I believe now it's gonna come back and have no idea what we're talking about to restrict those freedoms for the common good. When you think, should we just start? Well, talking I, about I, I would imagine that I would imagine that a lot of things that she says makes me feel very uncomfortable. Yes. So we should just stop her from saying anything that she's gonna say. Yes. This is the problem with any. Um, regulation on speech that that goes beyond you know direct calls to enact specific violent actions on other people if i'm just saying something that somebody considers to be hateful well as you know the new york times and and um all the all the other publications are filled with people calling anybody to the right of mitt romney hateful so you're essentially yeah. making it illegal to be conservative by claiming that to be conservative is to be hateful. And, and obviously, opens... I wouldn't I wouldn't really describe myself as a conservative because I'm a libertarian. But I culturally, I I agree with them in it, on a lot of things in terms of you know how should how should you live your life, not necessarily how should you be forced to live your life, but how you should right. live your life. Yeah. And so, you know, if you can just say well, all those opinions are hateful. Well, that you're you're making it impossible to have any opinion that doesn't agree with yours. Correct. You're opening it up to bias and how you define something, and that's something that can keep changing and keep changing and keep changing, and it's moving further and further away from like underlining true principles of freedom. Yes. and freedom of speech in general and outside of the you know directly trying to like manson someone into killing someone you know like in that way like okay if you're trying to manipulate someone into like killing someone for you like i think or you know everyone does the whole like yells fire in a crowded theater thing or or what have you something that can cause immediate harm or whatever um and we already have you know laws for those things and uh, yeah, if you keep degrading that down to more and more fluid and like opinionated and biased yeah. bases, then pretty soon, you know, you can <laughs> just get rid of whatever right you want. Like, I don't know. It scares me, honestly. Yep. Yep. I think um, you have on the screen's crazy. Euro news about Ireland, and the first thing they talk about is Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that I hate this article for many reasons, but oh, yeah, the, the main reason right. is scroll down to where they've quoted that tweet. Yeah, the far it says, right. Ireland's far right is on the rise, and then pictured is some people holding up a banner that says abortion is murder. The last <laughs> time I checked, that's not a far right position, correct? It's just a right position <laughs> yeah no i i completely agree the article is is crap um but i got it because i like the imagery right there mm. um yeah the whole thing with restricting rights to for the common good and to make mm. it safe and comfortable for everybody because that was one of the words that they used was discomfort it brings people discomfort and makes them uneasy to 
to live in a in a country where you can say whatever you want about people. And so this is the this is the law that Conor McGregor is under investigation for inciting violence against immigrants. Um, and so, I, man, crazy things are going to be happening in Ireland if this if this law stays in, in effect. Mm -hmm. um, I, don't, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, Europe I, in general, man, right now, like with the laws and like the um, the push to like if someone who was it that was just um, um, under fire on YouTube or whatever. What's his name? The actor guy. That has, thank you. Yes. My God. I've, I've seen his channel a bunch. I couldn't think of his name. But um, in Europe, especially, it was like a much swifter, much harsher push to like uh, not air his stuff on BBC and, and yeah. like take his stuff off of tech platforms and like, oh my God, pull his movies off of fucking streaming. And like, it's insane yep. what was happening, uh, whether it has to do with something, the content that he said, the thing that you disagree with, or like some movie from like 2005 or whatever. Like, it was insane. They were like, demonetize this whole human like remove everything he said this one thing this year today go back through his entire catalog and just yeah. erase him from history and it feels like europe is able to do that in and this that day and age faster where they went looking for it like some journalist called hundreds of people and asked about their experience with russell brand and apparently got like four people who were like oh yeah i didn't like it <laughs> and that's what they ran with if you dig far enough with a celebrity, I mean, like you're gonna find something that someone doesn't like them I mean, or whatever. Like more people on this call that would say something bad about you. So <laughs> <laughs> about me personally, that's probably true. All right, so here, let's see. It says currently the Irish police define a hate incident as any non-crime incident which is perceived by any perceived. person, perceived by any person, to in whole or in part be motivated by hostility or prejudice based on actual or perceived age, disability, race, color, all this stuff. Even a person who is hired by the CIA, ex-CIA. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's, to it's say insane this. that it's, and it says perceived, and then it says literally any, any person. person. Yeah. One, it only takes one. It takes Something. literally one person to get you, yeah. to get you suspected of a hate crime in Ireland now. Yeah. Something tells me that any person really doesn't mean any person it means right. any person that's holding the approved opinions there we right go. the blue check you know, <laughs> yes. yeah. but yes, um exactly. the thing with everything that's going on in europe is that there is starting to be a reaction to it like i don't know if you saw in the netherlands gear to wilders who is like the the right-wing party in the netherlands just one over there hmm. and i mean he's the the problem with far leftism is that the reaction to it sometimes is, far right is actually far right. Yeah. Like, I don't really know that much about Geert, but, like, I've heard that he, like, wants to, like, ban the Quran or something, which Jeez. I don't right. want. No. So it's like the, the, re the policies can be so bad that they can incite a reaction that's also bad this is like the dark knight the escalation thing oh yeah you like, know what i mean we're like pendulum every time man like yeah the pendulum yeah. swings it goes from one extreme to the other and then you get a brief moment of it being okay when it's in the in the middle for a split second <laughs> i would definitely it's okay for a week because i don't trust the media at all so like if when you we'll get into it in a minute when we're talking about Javier Millet, 
but if you Googled him in the US, all of it was bad. It was like, oh, he mm, likes yeah. Trump and he wants to ban this and that and the other. But I had known about him for years just from following him on Twitter and you know, keeping up with like yep. I think he might have been part of like Mises Institute or something like that yep. in Argentina. And I was like, I know none of that's true. And if it is, <laughs> that's not the biggest thing about him. There's plenty of other things. So I would Correct. still like oh, we're gonna get I don't trust that, the, the media at all to even like trust that he wants to ban the Quran. Yeah. Well, I, look I, I heard that from a reliable source, but maybe you're right. Don't trust and you, to, Zane. Be, to be clear, <laughs> I Javier Malay is the absolute right kind of reaction to have against leftism. Correct. Like he um yeah no, no we're, we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to that yeah let's not get into malay right now um do you have anything else to say about about the ireland stuff zane no <laughs> perfect well in that case y'all know what time I mean, it is. i've already been talking about it for enough <laughs> yes you have it's great here we go let's do this oh all right it is trivia time tonight. Traffic cars this day in history. Scotland and fossil fuel. I'm going to warn you right now. Scotland is going to be the hardest uh, topic maybe we've ever had. You're a little bit hey, soft. Quick. Yeah, it's a little hard to hear you all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's weird. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Is that better? Is that better? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the dogs we're sitting for came in and bumped a bunch of stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> I blame the dog. Saboteur. All right. Do you here... think being Scottish, I'll have an, an edge here or, you know, I thought maybe you might have an edge, but I mean, really probably not. Um, it's uh, I'm drinking American whiskey, not, not Scottish whiskey. So I don't think I have the edge. Yeah, see, I'm drinking scotch. So if I was playing, I'd probably win. Um, but I'm no, not you playing. wouldn't. We Shut need up. to have someone else host one week. So Jake can play. Um, I'll, I'll hop on during, uh, if, if y'all do trivia while, during the month of December when I'm not hosting this, um, I'll hop on for trivia one time. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, if y'all, if y'all gear it up. My family's Scottish too. So what's about to happen is the two Scots are going to get slaughtered by <laughs> Zane. <laughs> Who, wait a minute. Is, is Zane English? Cause I don't know if I can handle it. Um, no, I, I'm mostly French and German. Okay. Oh, okay. There we go. He's Georgian, okay? Slightly better. Okay. Um, Zane has 12. Alden has five. Nick has four. Steve has three. The guest has two. And the audience has one. These numbers will reset um, in the new year. That's how we're doing it. Wait, really? On. Yes. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. So it uh, won't look as bad. Hashtag stop the steal. <laughs> hashtag, yeah. We can't do an, an all-time thing would be insane. We have to... It has to, there has to be seasons of it. We have to keep Zane from triple digits, okay? Uh, season one of this show ends the second episode into the new year. Because I'm going to, we're going to end season number one of this show um, the day I get back to hosting this. And uh, season January. two will be on Rumble. Season two will be on Rumble. <laughs> season two, now with different writers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Question number one. On this day in 1835, legendary American author Samuel Clemens was born. Name one of his classic books. Zane. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Oh, man. He nailed it. I thought it was going to be a good trick question. Um, Samuel Clemens is actually Mark Twain. 
Um, oh, Tom Sawyer, Huckleberry Finn, Life on the Mississippi, Puddinghead Wilson, Personal Recollections of Joan of Arc, Following the Equator. Those were the six I would have accepted, plus many, many more. Um, I think he is credited with the first American comedy, technically. Do really? you know about the story? No. It's like some he was drunk at a bar and like wrote some story on a napkin basically about a frog hopping and then it fleshed it out and published it or whatever. And like, but the sole purpose of it was just to amuse people. And apparently it's credited as the first American comedy. Oh, the, or so uh, I'm told, the, but the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. Oh my god, he knows about it. <laughs> That's amazing that he knows about this. Yeah. Well, Zane uh, deserves to win this one. That's good. One, one uh, other Mark Twain recommendation. It's a short story called "The War Prayer," but it is a very fine uh, work of anti-war literature. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I've never I heard like of it, that. so I like it. All right. On this day in 1989, the first killing by the first U.S. female serial killer occurred in Florida. What was the name of the killer? Alden. Uh, Eileen Warnos. You're correct. Eileen yes. Warnos. That helps. Or monster. In, yeah. Yeah. Helps from living. I was in, trying to uh, think of some like cool name like BTK or, you know. <laughs> isn't, isn't that weird how like most serial killers Acronyms. that are men get three, get all three names and she didn't. Mm. Even Jack the Ripper. Good one. That was probably the original. Yeah, the first one. He, got, he established the norm, you know. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1993, the Brady Bill was signed into law. What did it entail? Zach. Banning guns. <laughs> Incorrect. Zane. I guess I'll be more specific and say um, banning assault weapons. Incorrect. Alden, it's, it's, it's to you, buddy. I mean, I have no idea, so I'm just going to spin off of this and be even more technical, and I'm going to go one level deeper and say machine guns, <laughs> fully automatic, because I don't know what this is at all. I thought it had to do with the Brady Bunch. All right. It does not. Y'all are all wrong. Uh, I'm going to give you one hint. Uh, what year? It has to do with handguns. 1993, the Brady okay. Bunch. Okay. Banned handguns. <laughs> for Zane. 30 years. Um, banning Saturday night specials. Incorrect, Alden. If, if you don't get this, this goes to the audience. A handgun. Oh my goodness. Does it have to do with... I don't even know. Concealability? I have no idea about this. Nope. Um, technically speaking, it's federal background checks oh, um, with a five-day hold. Oh, I thought it was three. Five-day hold on handgun purchases. Oh. So audience gets that one. Good job, Brian. Good job, Grumpy. Um, all right. Yeah, five-day hold while a background check is run on a handgun buyer. Mm. Idiotic. Um, it was the guy who got shot instead of, uh, was it Reagan? Right? Was Reagan was shot. Assassination attempt on yeah. Reagan and, and the guy standing next to him got shot too. Yeah, they both he Reagan got shot too. Well, it was Brady. The guy standing next to him was Brady. Whatever. Oh, okay. All right. Question number four. On this day in 1954, what unusual object struck a woman in the hip after coming through her roof? Alden. Uh meteorite. <laughs> it's a meteorite. Bravo. 
I think oh, it was right. the first, right? Like it was the first um, one that's kind recorded of or been recorded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Would you have accepted Meteor? Because that's what I was going to say. I think a meteor would have obliterated half of the United States, if not yeah. most of the world. <laughs> the difference between a meteor and meteorite is that a meteorite strikes the surface. A, medi a meteor. Brian keeps challenged going, but... you, Zane. Guns are an area where he might know more than Zane, according to I mean, Brian. for a libertarian, I really don't know that much about guns. Okay, so it's self admitted, Brian. How much do you know about bazookas? <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> All right. On this day in 1966, which country gained its independence from Britain? Zach. Um, South Africa. Incorrect. Zane. Kenya. No. I'll give you a hint after Alden guesses. Um, you have five seconds. Is it a... Can I ask a question? No. <laughs> I'll just I'll I'll ask a question. Is it Barbados? That's that. That's my question. It is. Barbados. It is Bar Okay. Yeah. I was gonna try wow. to narrow it down. Good one. Good guess. All right. Question number six. On this day, 1999, which mega corporation was formed with the merger of two large energy businesses? Zach. Um, I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Alden. <laughs> ExxonMobil. ExxonMobil is correct. All right. Next question. Question number seven. On this day in 1996, which monument was returned to Scotland after 700 years of being held by England as war plunder? Zane. The uh, Blarney Stone. Incorrect. I was going to say something similar. It's like, oh wait, Blarney Stone is Irish. That was a dumb thing to say. It was, it's a stone of some. It's like a gray stone or something like that. Some large hunk of stone. So it's not that dissimilar from that. Like, it's something weird like that. I don't know. It's like something gray stone or something, or something. I don't know. I'm gonna just add or <laughs> okay. something to the end of that. Uh, Zach, Excalibur. Um, all right, Alden, you were incorrect as well. The hint is it is also known as the Stone of Destiny. So it is a stone. It is a stone. Oh, man. Tenacious D, the Stone there's, of Destiny. There's one more hint if no one gets is it, it insane. Is it like the Albion Stone? Incorrect. Zach, Alden, y'all got a guess or do y'all want another hint? And it opens back <sighs> up to the whole floor. Definitely want the other hint. I'll take the hint too, yeah. <laughs> it's the stone of blank, and that the word is also a word for a delicious breakfast treat. All philosopher's stone. <laughs> you eat a philosopher. <laughs> uh, the stone of quiche. <laughs> Correct, Zane. The stone of scone. It is oh, the stone of scone. God. It is. <laughs> nice. I honestly thought you were kidding. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mitch got it right after you, Zane. Mitch, good guess, man. That was great. That's so frustrating. With the delay, he probably got it first. He probably did. He probably did. But, you know, I, Are I you can't, sure it's not I quiche? I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not quiche. We could look it up, though. Um, all right, question number eight. On In the U.S., day, that would be the boulder of biscuit. 
<laughs> Goodness gracious. On this day in 1982, garnering a record-setting eight Grammy Awards, what album was released? Alden. Thriller. Thriller is correct. Have so, it on vinyl. So glad somebody got that. It's so good. All right. Next question. On this day in 1939, the Soviet Union invaded what country that refused them a naval base? Zane. Poland. Incorrect. Zach. Um, Finland. Finland is oh, correct. Nice. Yeah, yeah. All right. Final question of round one. On this day in 1872, the first international soccer match was held between which two countries? Zane. England and Scotland. England and Scotland is correct. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Bonus. Do you know the score? No. Nil, nil. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was a draw. God. The first one was a draw. Riveting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> After after one round, Alden has five, Zane has three, Zach and the audience are tied at one, and Steven has zero. Um, we're going to count Steven. Steven, we're counting. Here, but uh, he's yeah. not here. So. But his washing machine is on the fritz or something. So. <laughs> Mitch said he said Stone of Scone like two minutes beforehand. <laughs> Give Sorry. it to him. We were dancing around it for forever. Sorry, Mitch. There's a there's a big delay with people uh, commenting. So. Oh, that's is, right. It is yeah. what it is. All right. Round two, Land of Scots. The only reason I picked this is because there were two questions with Scotland in the first round. So now there's five more. Question number one. Who led the Scots to victory against the English at the Battle of Bannockburn in 1314? Alden. Um, William uh, Wallace. Incorrect. Dang it. <laughs> Oh, I was also going to say William Wallace. Yeah, uh, Mel Gibson. Um, <laughs> I feel like there's uh, only there's only two Scottish uh, leaders that people have heard of, or Scottish generals, or whatever you want to call them, kings, whatever they are. Uh, I can't think of the other one. Zach. Stuart. <laughs> Stuart <laughs> Large. Incorrect. Um, it's, uh, I don't know what, Oh, Grumpy almost got it. It's Jackie Chan. Yeah, um, that's what How it was. could I forget? <laughs> I knew a, it. I'm trying to think of a good... It, so it's two first names. It's blank the blank, and it's two first names. Zane. Robert the Bruce. Robert the Bruce is... Oh, nice. Act. Good one. <laughs> it's not Ricky the Bobby? Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number two. Reigning from 1542 to 1567, who was the first female ruler of Scotland? Zane. Oh, um, Mary Queen of Scots. Mary Queen of Scots. Oh, nice. Correct. All right, Zach, you were right. He's kicking our ass. <laughs> Question number three. Which Scottish explorer is known for his voyages to the Pacific Ocean and discovery of Hawaii? Zane. Cook. You are correct. Captain James Cook. Y'all, Zane is really launching himself ahead of everything right now. I know. Question number four. What event led to the formation of the Church of Scotland in 1560? Zach. The Great Schism. No. <laughs> 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 
Ryan had said Captain James T. Kirk. <laughs> James T. Kirk. <laughs> Alden, go. I think that gets a point for hilarity. What was even the question? I'm so sorry. Uh, what event led to the formation of the Church of Scotland in 1560? Oh, that's easy. Ragnarok. <laughs> Incorrect. Zane. This might be way too detailed, but is it like um, Knox like publish, publishing a Scots confession or something like that? No, but that's a good that's a good guess. That's a good guess. Um, I really it's, so this this event happened every almost everywhere in Europe. Oh, throughout a specific part in time, Alden. The Black Plague. Incorrect, Zane. <laughs> Is it really just the Reformation? It is the Scottish Reformation. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So just, so you, just so you are, are aware, my first answer would have essentially been this, just a different way of phrasing it. But What was your first answer? John Knox publishing the Scots Confession. Yeah. Is that part of this? I don't know. That's a specific thing that happened during it that wasn't the broader term for it. Mm. Well, you did say what of investment. It. Yeah. We were looking for sex, and you were going to say foreplay, so it's like it's not quite the same. <laughs> Fair. Okay. I get your point, Zane. I get your point. Responsible for significant improvements in the steam engine, which Scottish engineer and inventor is regarded as a key figure in the Industrial Revolution? Zane. What? How do you know these things? How do you know all this? Good James Lord. James Watt. Is that where we I get actually... the word Watt? Yeah, because I actually paid attention in science class. Oh, my gosh. I guarantee they didn't even try to teach me this stuff. I paid attention, yeah. but I don't have... Do you have, like, photographic memory or something? I've never heard the name James Watt before in my life. Oh, well, I you're think... just uneducated. Thank you, Zane. <laughs> Thank you for yeah, that. I think YouTube is right. You need to be re-educated. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be re-educated. You just need to be educated the first time. <laughs> Outright. Just the first level. Uh, oh, man. Oh, love it. Roasting the host. That's great. <laughs> Big okay. delicious oil. After two rounds, Zane has 13. Alden has five. Zach and the audience have can, one apiece. Can anyone come back? No. You, you can. Oh, wait. No, it's worth three. Three, three, three. Okay, yeah. So you can, you can win by oh one. Oh, my God. I've got to win out. Yep. You got to win out. Big Delicious Oil. Question number one. Um, question number one is also a three-parter. So you can get partial points by naming. There are three answers to this one. Okay. In what year, country, and region was the first oil well in the world drilled? Zane. I'll say 1890 in the U.S. in Pennsylvania. I mean, it's he got two. He got two. Two of the points. He got Pennsylvania and the USA. Um, we're actually going to do for the date. We're going to do closest to it now. Okay. Okay. So Zane said 1890. Alden. Uh, 1860. Okay, Zach? In freaking 80, I don't know. <laughs> Alden get the third point. I get a point. In Titusville, PA. In That's the Titusville. USA. Titusville. Titusville. Um, all right. Yeah, now now all that it's impossible for you to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, thanks. By like one point, right? Like, uh, no, now you'd be losing by three points. Um, 
what is the process called by which crude oil is separated into various components based on their boiling points? Zane. Uh, refining. No, no, I'm not going to accept that. Oh, I thought Alden, that was right. Alden, Zach. That's a, that's a very general term and it, and it applies to the entire process. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't apply to this crude specifically. Right. Okay. It was, it was the, based on their boiling points and okay. the crude oil. Zach. Well, if you oh. want to be like that, I'm pretty sure I know, but... You can't guess I yet. can't answer right Alden, now. Alden, Zach, do y'all have guesses? I'm going to be a gentleman and guess. let Zach go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just filibuster. Does Zane ever get to go again? <laughs> we'll conspire to filibuster together, yeah. Y'all have 10 seconds to answer the question oh before my God. I open, open it back up to the floor. I'm pretty Separating. sure Grumpy Gnome at this point legitimately thinks that I have low-level autism. Like, not even ironically. <laughs> All right, it's open back up to you, Zane. Go. Is it uh, distillation? It is fractional distillation. Oh, my God. That is unbelievable. I mean, it's unbelievable. Okay. Now I see why you're going to reset the scores next year. Yeah, it's absurd. All right, <laughs> final question. What are the three countries thought to have the largest oil reserves in the world? Zach. Uh, U.S., Canada, Saudi Arabia. Zach got two of them. He got Canada and Saudi Arabia. Alden. It's also Russia, I think. Incorrect. Oh, really? Zane. Uh, China. No. Somebody get that third one. It's open back to the floor. Pennsylvania. <laughs> it's open back to the floor. Touch your cameras. Go. Ah. I mean, what what was the two that were Zach. correct? Uh, it was Venezuela. Oh, Zach got nice. all of them. Venezuela, Nicely Saudi done. Arabia, and Canada, and Canada in that order as well. Nice. Um, yeah, it, it is not Iran, Grumpy. And these are just thought to have, um, so it's not a... And Iran. Thanks for playing, Rain's everybody. <laughs> Alright, y'all, thank y'all for playing. Really appreciate uh, everybody tuning in for another Zane place. Another nomination. murder, yeah. <laughs> Good God. Alright. Um, here's the guy, I mean, I think the rest of this episode is just going to be one big white pill for us um, because we're going to talk about Javier Millet. Um, this is a one of my favorite clips of him talking about his plans for the government now that he's elected. Ministry of Tourism, out. Ministry of Culture, out. Ministry of Environment and Sustainable Development, out. Ministry of Women, Gender, and Diversity, out. He already did that Public Works, out. Ministry of Science, and Innovation, out. Ministry of Labor, Employment, and something. Out. Ministry of Education. Indoctrination. Indoctrination. He is, I mean, he is so much fun. He's been so much fun to watch uh, during his campaign. Um, yeah, I mean, Zach, you've been following him for probably the longest of anybody here. You want to 
talk about his campaign and like what it's been like for the past few months? I mean, to me, it came out of kind of nowhere because when I first learned about him, I thought he was just some economics dude. Like, you know, like anyone we may know, like Shane or Josh Smith or somebody, just someone who like happens to be kind of big in the libertarian world in Argentina and knows economics. Yeah, I didn't realize this was someone who would actually put up a fight for political office someday, and especially president and win. Yeah. So... I mean, maybe I didn't know him as well as I should have because I thought he was just some nerd who, you know, likes economics as much as Zane does. But. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I think he, he was also in a rock band, I believe, back in the day. He has um, that energy. That makes sense. And some, I, he was in some other type of creative industry as well. So um, he wasn't always like an economist. I think he, he got there later, later in life. Um, but he, yeah, I mean, it's been super interesting watching his appearances. I, I'm pretty sure we played one where he talked about leftists being shit. <laughs> did we play that? Did we play that on this? Yeah, one we on did. Him? Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but ever since, uh, I mean, for the past month or so, he's been getting a ton of headlines, especially here in the States. Most of them are not uh, kind to him um, and call him, like what we've already been saying, a... a far right Trump's Trump loving bigot kind of guy, um, which he is absolutely not. I mean, he do, he does admire parts of Trump. He has said that publicly, but it's, he has shares basically none of the same policies as Trump did. <laughs> as Trump. They took one line probably. And yes. Um, so if you want to read a terrible article, uh, you can go over to AP, the lion, the wig and the warrior, who is Javier Malay, Argentina's president-elect? Um, they really go into, they, they give a horrible take on anarcho-capitalism. Um, and they basically just paint this guy as somebody who uh, is an outsider, doesn't actually have the majority, like isn't actually the voice of the majority, um, which he won by, he, I think he got 56% of the vote. That's um, we've literally had under 50% for several of our presidents. So correct. what are we talking about with that? They also in their article that despite the wig nickname, his hair is real. So, you know, that doesn't it's even make journal- sense. Yeah. you know, it's good journalism. If yeah, despite us yeah. putting it in the headline, that was a lie. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean, it is what he, it is one of his nicknames. I will say that. Um, let's see. Where did it say that? I think near the top. Yeah, his fans call him the madman in the wig due to his ferocity and unruly mop of hair. He refers to himself as the lion. Um, yeah, I mean, everything about this guy is super intriguing as to how he got into power and was able to win an election in Argentina. Um, it's, it's not the sideburns. It's definitely the sideburns have something to do with it. And the, <laughs> the very blue eyes right there. He's got yeah. husky eyes. Yeah, he does have husky eyes. But I mean, I, if you don't know, if you're hiding, on, if you're under a rock, Argentina's inflation has been steadily increasing. They've been going through some very big economic turmoil over the last few years. So he's and cutting he, some spending. He is the response um, to the things that have been happening in Argentina. Um, this quiet again. It. Yeah, I mean his his yeah. main. There we go. Um, one of his main economic policies is that he wants to um, convert the Argentinian economy over to the U.S. dollar, 
and obviously we complain here on this podcast a lot about how much the dollar stinks mm-hmm. but it's better Theirs to be, be worse a, than it's better to be on a currency that has five or ten percent inflation every year than be on a currency that has 50 or 100 percent inflation Ooh. every year which is what they have hundred dollar so, eggs um, Anybody who could in Argentina already was on a dollar standard. This just makes it legal. Correct. Where like all the friends that I have there, they would try to get paid in dollars as much as possible, even though the government of Argentina made that very hard for them. Like you can only withdraw so much from uh, ATMs and banks and you can only come into the country with so much of it to the point where they had to like take ferries to Uruguay, use the ATM to get out a little more than the maximum and then smuggle a little bit of it back along with the amount that they declared. Hmm. And it, it's just, that was what they had to go through just not to lose their savings completely to the peso. And they would have parents that don't do all that and just work <laughs> and put it in their Argentinian bank and could never retire ever. Yeah. Or their uh, industry would collapse because people don't have the money to pay for it anymore. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. the dollar will be better for them, even though, yeah, we have a lot to well, complain it, about it. And it seems like the dollar is also a stopgap for, like, I think it seems the way he's been speaking about it, because he is very much in favor of Bitcoin. <clears throat> he's been talking about Bitcoin since before he started running for president. That's um, interesting. And it seems as though he wants to go the route of San Salvador, El Salvador, El Salvador, um, and and make eventually make Bitcoin the the currency of the country, wow. um, which would yeah. be a very interesting development. That'd I be forget wild. what the I forget what the exact quote of his is, but he has a quote that goes something along the lines of, "There are four types of central banks: evil central banks, very evil central banks, <laughs> extremely evil central <laughs> banks, and the central bank of Argentina." <laughs> that's a great quote i love that um there was another article which we started looking at for a second um this is in quillette that's photo i'm glad you went back to this he looks like joaquin phoenix playing him in this photo oh my (laughs) god weird really does that's crazy Um, also he kind of looks like you in that photo (laughs) (laughs) give me the wig yeah so this article uh, is on Quillette. Um, it's written by Daniel Raisbeck, who writes for Cato, which is definitely not um, my favorite libertarian publication. Um, but they have some good stuff. They have some good stuff, and this this article is actually pretty dang good because it goes into the history behind his victory and it, and it cites other countries and what happened in those countries. And um, so if you're gonna if you want to read about him um i'll try to actually i'll just put this i'll just put this in the uh, in the chat and you can go yeah re- read about him on this on this website because uh this article is fantastic it, it goes into a lot of depth about um a lot of things some of which i wanted to bring up um but zane what are, what are your thoughts on on him getting elected um as a like i mean he's full-on libertarian candidate <laughs> yeah i i think the official description of his campaign was that like he was an anarcho-capitalist running on a minarchist platform, which mm-hmm. is, you know, exactly what I think the right strategy is. Because mm-hmm. as much as I would love for it to be viable to run on an anarcho-capitalist platform, it's just not. And, you know, I, I, I think it's good to be 
very ecumenical with other libertarians and not do too much navel gazing in terms of like do we just want the government to be really small or do we want there to be no government because like but before we start arguing about how far back we need to roll back the state we need to start rolling back the state and we, we can all agree that we need to roll it back a lot let's and start. then once we've already rolled it back a lot then we can argue some more about you know whether we should get rid of it entirely and i i mean see uh having theoretical debates is still something that i think is useful for fleshing out our own philosophy yeah. and obviously i just like having them so i'm not saying but, that there's no room for minarchist versus anarchist debates but right. there's certainly no room for any libertarian critiquing him for what he's doing well now we have like an active like ongoing case study which is interesting for how this will pan out I'm really interested to see how this goes. Yes. I As mean, something to cite, you know. I know there are tons of people who are very nervous about his well-being over the next few years. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Especially if he is able to do some of the things or gets close to doing some of the things that he's talking about doing. Um, yeah. He, I mean. Think they, about the governments of the world that don't want a case study of uh, very, very stripped, limited government succeeding. Like that's and and that yes, hundred percent. And just think about it this way too: like the U.S. wants everybody in the world to be on the dollar, and so if he goes to the dollar, but his ultimate plan is to go is to, to Bitcoin. Yeah, um, is to leapfrog to what Bitcoin do you think, later. What like what do you think is going to happen to him if he starts making changes? The same thing that, that has happened to a lot of leaders in South America via the CIA, man. Like, there you go. yeah, I'm not, nothing good probably. So I'm, I'm concerned as well for this. As long as this I've, person is genuine, then yeah. I am concerned. Yeah. I've heard some theories that this is why he's kind of going, went on a tour to the U S to kind of kowtow to the right people and have, has gone on some other foreign visits. Mm. And some some people in the libertarian sphere have been very critical of that, which I guess from a purely principled perspective is okay, but it's kind of like you've got to play the game in order to avoid being assassinated. If yeah. you can kind of convince everybody, I don't want to start a global libertarian revolution, I'm just trying to fix Argentina, maybe it won't be worth it for anybody to try and, um, you know, have them take a take a ride in a limousine through Dallas, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Without a roof. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, well, so like you were saying, it, it's, it, it'll be an interesting case study for how libertarianism works um, when it is leading a country, especially a country as large as Argentina. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not small. Yeah. And I think what, we all need to keep in mind is that things do not happen overnight. You can't just go in and wreck everything all at once. They um, honestly shouldn't, I think, arguably correct. shouldn't have an hundred percent. Yeah. It, it has to be a slow turn of the tables. Um, there are some things that you could absolutely eliminate right off the bat and nothing bad would happen. Sure. Like but, the one that was mentioned in the video, like the Ministry of Women and Genders or whatever. Yes. That's he already gone. Like he, he wrote a letter a saying, like, pack up your crap and get out. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned wow. a few that I was all, like, yeah, I don't think all, that'll matter. All of the women in the in Argentina just gone. 
<laughs> exactly. That might have That's some consequences. Means. Yeah. No, but like, I think it's important to be patient um, and understand mm -hmm. that, that like things don't, nothing, nothing substantial is going to happen overnight. And I hope to, he survives long enough for this to yes. show the, the, the it also, flow, you know, it also means we like show your, whatever, whatever small way you can, like show your support for him, like tweet out his stuff, retweet him, post about him. If you're a writer, go write about him. Like, are you sure we want to call attention to him? <laughs> keeping him in the public eye in a good way, or at least putting it out there for more people to learn about what he's talking about as a president um, is a good thing to do, I think. Yeah, think? I need to buy some of his merch now that I think about it. But <laughs> I did have I did I did have a coworker of mine a couple of days ago who knows that I'm a radical libertarian be like, so how close is this Millet guy to your brand of libertarianism? And I was like, very close. I love that guy. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, somebody just asked, uh, should the Newsom-DeSantis debate have a third podium for a libertarian? Oh, every debate should have a th at least one. I mean, every debate podium. should. Do we yeah. even give a crap well, about that debate? <laughs> I guess if they offered me a spot, I could show up. Yeah. I, Zane would wipe the floor with Noose, at least DeSantis. Newsom is pretty charismatic, but basically anybody could wipe the floor with DeSantis. That guy is the <laughs> least charismatic person I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. Like This whole thing just seems like a staged thing so that Newsom is allowed to take the reins as soon as Joe Biden falls down his next set of stairs. Like, I, I, I don't... There's What is the purpose behind a Newsom-DeSantis debate other than that? Like... There you know, you know how seem. they have exhibition college football games? It's yeah. an exhibition debate. Yeah, <laughs> between between one well, person who will never be an elected official again and one person who probably will and will probably ruin something. And so, yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> like to see it, but it's such a just performance. I don't feel like it matters or any... Like, our national conversation isn't going to be based off of what Newsom and... DeSantis are saying in this debate that nobody's going to watch. So to me, it's like asking if a libertarian should be on the real housewives of Atlanta or something. <laughs> it's like, sure, I guess, but <laughs> my default answer is just that there should be more than just the two sides being heard. But in this particular debate, I, it matters less than, than most maybe, but Joe says I'm watching you guys instead of that debate. So, so shows how much I, <laughs> I don't I know would, if that's an insult to us. I don't know if that's flattering or not. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's Suha hilarious. says Zane should debate AOC. There's an IQ difference of multiple standard deviations. <laughs> Thank you, Suhas. Oh, there we go. Zane. Oh, it's Suhas. Zach, he right actually on. asked the question, should a libertarian be on The Real Housewives? That's the real question. Um, I yes. mean, represent. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, I guess. Fine. I mean, sure. Sure. Yeah. My answer is sure. <laughs> I won't see it, but sure. You know. Interesting. Do we think AOC is playing a game where she's unintelligent? I mean, she's definitely I... playing a game to keep getting elected. Yeah, and she's doing a decent job of that, I guess. You don't have to be smart to be elected to Congress. I, well, I that's don't, true. I don't yeah. think that she's dumb. I mean, I don't think that you can 
get an undergraduate degree in economics and be dumb. Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't necessarily agree with that statement. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't I don't agree with you not being able to get an economic I would have made a different and still be no, I, no, Jake, like you I, don't, I don't I don't think that um maybe I didn't wasn't clear, but in terms of just, you know, IQ points, there's a difference between that and like wisdom or common sense which there's so many when, when like, libertarians you hung out with smart dumb, people but we often we often are thinking of like that but like in terms of just pure intelligence i think that it does you you can't be dumb and get most co college degrees from respected institutions i'm even I'm if just even if the result of that is very bad teaching is i think i just do not necessarily agree with that saying yeah. i know i really so don't many know people with degrees for dumb people with degrees i really think that's a that's not the strongest position to take on that but i hear what zane's saying in that i wouldn't say that she's dumb agree i i think everyone has i mean different like there's different types of intelligence yeah oh 100% i think she's socially smart and knows how to market herself really yes well. I think so she's too. Very similar That's, to Trump in that way. She's crafty in that way. I think she's also highly, highly ambitious. And I think there's a lot of people with like 200 IQs that are just like, yeah, I'm fine to just play video games and eat yeah. and chips and have a minimum wage job. There is some seriously smart people with some like very, very just like, yeah, the rat race isn't my thing. I'm just gonna mm. chill and do what I want, and I've already figured out what or I want to do in life. I mean, yeah. smartest people I've ever met, often truckers. They just have all the time in the world to think just about things. Audiobooks <laughs> all the time. Like uh, Joe just said, ever notice when AOC and Thomas Massey vote the same, it's almost always in the minority and the libertarian way. I actually haven't paid attention to when I don't they know agree. Um, so I'd, I'd have to actually check that out. That's hmm. interesting. I know well, they have agreed that. on things. Yeah. A, a good I've rule seen that. I don't... is that Thomas Massey is just the best representative in the House of Representatives. So anytime you vote the same way that he does, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> that's very true. Yeah. Um, so here are here's some of the or one of the articles uh, that's coming out about Javier. Far right libertarian, far right libertarian Javier Malay's election victory question. How does that even make sense? The future well, of Argentine filmmaking. It makes perfect sense if you consider that Argentine filmmaking is probably heavily subsidized by the that's government. Exactly. That's exactly. That's one hundred percent what it is. If you go read the article, that's basically what it is. What is far right? So I don't even need to read the article because dumb. No, the article is dumb. I but I wanted to make sure that I read all these things before I posted them on here this time. So uh -huh. just yeah. to, just start posting articles and insulting them without even reading them. That's what I do. That I mean, that's I feel like that's like ninety eight percent of Twitter. So yeah, um, yeah. but it, you're you're one hundred percent correct. the The film industry in Argentina is heavily subsidized, if not uh, like owned, like they're like uh production company owners who have government ties and all sorts of stuff so like yeah. they try to do that a lot with yeah. like they try to develop their own cell phone company like making yeah. hardware like yeah. samsung yeah and then they put tariffs on all sorts of other things and still nobody wanted their phones even if they are much cheaper mm -hmm. we have like in our country we don't have the same thing like on paper like economically speaking but culturally we were just talking about this with like the Disney thing. And there's so many politics tied to our film industry 
but not necessarily in like an economic way. What was that? I didn't read that bit. That <laughs> no, it was, it was aimed at Zane. It was, I feel like someone has to be aggressively optimistic. To be a Bulldogs fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty. Funny. I mean, the past two and a half years have been great. Yeah, two and but, a half. Yeah, but the fifty years prior was not so great. <laughs> well, luckily for me, college football started in twenty seventeen, so I don't care about anything before that. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay. Um, what were you saying, Alden? Sorry, I don't even I remember. Just that we have we have this weird kind of gray area in our Hollywood where we have the sort of cultural influence of politics without official government subsidizing or anything like that but i feel like there's definitely some wires being crossed there 100 percent, and like in in our world in the film world they're like 60 percent at one time i don't know if it's that today but i think it was about 10 years ago 60 percent of movie film sets had a government uh advisor like a liaison or something to government you yeah don't use one you don't get to use all their equipment you don't get to film on a aircraft carrier or Uh, a military yeah and and any movie not only movies that depict uh intelligence agencies in the cia but at least any movie that even talks about it has to contact there's a the liaison to hollywood is a, a cia job position Mm-hmm. That gets paid a lot of money, and you there are th- literally thousands of films and shows that uh, have corresponded with the CIA, and there are many scripts that get like a no, we don't like that, or no, we want you to push yeah. this particular message, and this happens all the fucking time here. Yes, and so it's they not ha- officially they help government. They in return for script approval. Yeah, it's like sure we'll give you whatever advisor and cool stuff you need for your movie, but we yeah. get final say about yes. how we're portrayed. Yep. We'll let you do all this cool, fun bazookas on aircraft carriers or whatever shooting that you want to do, but we get to manipulate the script exactly. We so get there, final yeah. say. No, exactly. exactly. There, there are many, there are many upsides to having uh, movies be produced by such like large teams and um, and be so like sected off. Um, one of the downsides is that like. If you're, if you have any involvement aside from maybe the director, you will have zero input knowledge or anything of what happens once it's in the editing room. Yeah. And so once it's in the editing room, there could be a third person in there who has nothing to do with the movie, but has to do with the government. The new um, Red Dawn movie is a perfect example of new this. Red, it, it's I, it's exactly that. Yes. It, thank you. One. All in post, 100% in post, in in the editing room, like you're saying, like at the end of filming. Yep. The company was bought out by another company. Okay. A Chinese company bought it, didn't like that the uh, sort of the antagonist in the story was China. So they made them change it to, I think, North Korea and switched the entire script around just because they didn't like how it was making them Anyway, all of this yep. like sort of movie they, they, magic they happened changed, in post. Oh yeah, no, they changed all of the emblems, all of the colors, yeah. all of it. And that movie was delayed like two years because they were turning it into a anti-North Korea movie. It should have never come out. It, they should have delayed it. In plus, definitely. it was horrendous anyway. It was so bad. It was. But... Don't have the guy with the <sighs> thickest Australian accent alive try to play an American. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he can't do it. Chris Hemsworth, I'm sorry, you're he's not a good actor. But you are terrible 
in that movie because he's he just handsome. He's not a good actor. I mean, he is, yeah. he's utterly handsome. Oh, he's so right. handsome, but he's yeah. a horrible actor. <laughs> <laughs> While we're on the topic of military propaganda, and since now I'm thinking about college football again, I don't know if you guys have how much college football you've been watching this season. All of but it. I have been seeing so many ads for like trying to recruit people to join the army. Like they've always been there, but I'm seeing so many more this season. Interesting. Which, on one hand, I think it's kind of a white pill because it means that so few people are joining <laughs> the up interview that that they have to start advertising this heavily in order to meet their recruitment quotas. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's blatant military propaganda, and I oh hate yeah, it. oh no, but yeah. I, it, I tried to specifically. Count. <laughs> what? I tried to count the ads during one game and I lost count by halftime because of how many freaking advertisements there were for ar wow. different armed forces of the military. You're perfect for the military then. <laughs> Specifically, they've got this one they've got this one series of ads now that are aimed at parents of kids that are saying they want to go into the military yep. and they're like trying to get the say? parents into like approving of their kids decision to join the military wow. it is so insidious <laughs> it really it is, is the wow if, if if people cannot identify this as propaganda then i i, I was about to say they should I be think, paying more attention but that's way I too think, much to ask of people <laughs> i don't think you need to identify it i think like by definition it is i i feel like they're yeah that well, is what they're I, doing if you can identify it as propaganda, you'll be a lot less susceptible to it. Well, see, the, but the, yeah, yeah, that's fair. You, that's true. But the most the most annoying thing that I've found is that sometimes government propaganda can be a really good movie, like Top Gun Maverick. It was a fantastic I, movie, but it was bad message. Pure propaganda. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and bad so, message. Great movie. You know, but like people who aren't paying attention, like if I had seen that movie 15 years ago, I'd have been like, yes, America, like, let's go bomb people because that movie was all about Iran. Like they'd never said the I word Iran, so. but it was all about Iran. I thought I thought that was where they I, I actually think they did a pretty decent job of of not being like, here's the enemy and it's this country and like being as but flat. They, they literally described I know. where it was geographically no, I <laughs> and how to get there I without saying the word Iran. I, I actually felt like the, the fact that they it, were like... being very vague about who the enemy is kind of made the story less believable. Because like I was watching it, and I'm not disputing that it was a good movie, but I was sitting there and listening to like the description of the mission, and it's like, we've got to go bomb this very dangerous installation. And I'm and... like... In so the are room. We, are, so are we just supposed to accept the fact that this isn't going to start World War Three? Right. Like, do we just get to pretend that we're doing this in a sandbox and that nothing is going to, nothing else is going to happen because we're doing? You're actually this? supposed to, yes. And in the room where we're <laughs> when talking you watch about a movie. this, <laughs> with the people that are executing this mission, the word, the word of the the target and the enemy and the territory never comes up. Like it, it is, it is less. I would say, quote unquote, believable. That's for sure. Yeah. I feel like it just would have been a better story had yeah. they been able to I actually yeah. identify a, a, a better premise. But of course, you can't do that for a million reasons that would prevent the movie from having been made at all. Is but, this true about China and the and what Joe's saying? I I don't think remember. So, but I don't really remember. 
I'm not sure. I thought the antagonist was gravity because that's what killed Goose. So, I mean, in my eyes, that that is 100% correct. Um, yeah, he says, I ran as the antagonist. They put their country right between hundreds of U.S. military. Bases. 100%, Joe, 100%. Um, and Brian, absolutely. Anything that has permission from the U.S. military to use their actual equipment is going to be. Yes. Propaganda. If you see it in there, if it looks official. And if you don't see it in the it, theaters like, yeah. and they give you a three minute Air Force promotion before the yeah. movie it's propaganda there's a music video <laughs> for the military to start the movie yes to, exactly yeah um all right y'all i have three options we're only going to do one more topic um one of the topics is uh tariff and economic manipulation here in the united states um, wait a minute how, how it affects vehicles um one of them is biden this was, would be much shorter, but it's Biden not understanding what disinflation and def deflation are. Let's um, go with that one. That and then disinflation. Really the third one is uh, a guy named Jake Gutierrez called the Samurai of Soul saying some interesting libertarian things that also seem to coincide with January 6th things. <laughs> Is, the thing yeah. with the second story is that's the perfect balance of actual economics and also making fun of Joe Biden. Perfect. Okay, let's make fun of Joe Biden for five minutes, then we'll go into the funny things. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so our very own Justin Amash tweeted out, it's disturbing that the president of the United States thinks that disinflation is the same thing as deflation. Joe Biden has said, let me be clear to any corporation that hasn't brought down brought their prices back down even as inflation has come down it's time to stop the price gouging give american consumers a break um the nerve the nerve so this is what him and his entire white house organization have been tweeting out for like the past three months that uh this is a, inflation a up, is down the economy yeah, is working everything's right. doing well um I don't know. Did he try to blame Russia at one point? It's, it's yes. a blame game. That's what I was just going to say. This is a straight up did. blame game. Yeah. Can I just <laughs> like, say three topics? And it's they the all market's suck. fault. It's <laughs> Russia's fault. It doesn't matter. Joe said three topics and they all suck. It's like an election. <laughs> <laughs> Can uh, I just say how grateful I am for community notes? Community notes are by far the best thing that's happened to Twitter since the. Uh, since the takeover. What's that? Um, it's where people can come in and cite sources saying why the person who tweeted is incorrect. And they can even do it to. The oh, White it's House a why they're an idiot section. Okay. Yeah. And it's made by people on the platform. It's by people for people. It's fantastic. Because the great thing about it is, as opposed to notes that you'll see on other platforms like YouTube, they're not. You would think that something like this would just always be spouting the approved opinion. But the thing about the Twitter community notes is that most of the ones that I've seen are actually, like, good. I don't know what the process is for getting them approved or who can write them. Yeah. But it's like, there was this one on Biden's post that's pretty solid on inflation. <clears throat> there was the community note on... Um, Karine Jean-Pierre's tweet yes, about inflation one. that was also taking her to task about 
how prices really haven't come down that much. Yeah. Um, and j just real quick, uh, this one that Zane just referenced says, as long as the inflation rate is positive, prices are increasing. The fact that inflation has come down to 3.2% in October means that prices are still going up, albeit at a slower rate than before. Like perfect summation of why that tweet was idiotic, especially made by the president. Yeah, I mean, just getting into the that tweet in particular, it's not like um, all these companies are sitting in a board meeting and are like, do we want to A, continue screwing over customers or B, <laughs> give a charitable donation to customers by lowering prices? That's right. obviously not what they do. They always try to set profit maximizing prices, which have to be higher if the government is printing up a bunch of money. Because what inflation is, is the government creating a bunch of money and then it gets to spend it on what it wants. Yeah. So it and, but, sucks out. It's like, it's ultimately it's about the government being able to suck out additional real resources. Like they're taking up more, you know, um, products. They're taking up more human labor hours. Yeah. And so there is less rest. There is less of all that stuff left for the rest of us, which means that the prices of all of it have to be higher because the government is taking too much of it. Well, it is taking even more of it than they were before. And so all, all the companies have to, you know, eggs are more expensive because instead of having, you know, however much steel and gasoline and chicken, all of that, instead of having whatever amount of that was available before the government started printing money, there's less of that. Yes. So now there's has to be higher prices. Yes. It's not just a decision of the companies to charge more or charge less. Yeah. No, I mean, that it, sounds hard to like understand. And I don't get that when I could just think that greed is up right now. Yeah. I mean, it's this a is decision. Why, the, the, the best explanation of why corporate greed doesn't make any sense as an explanation for inflation is are you telling me that corporations in 2019 and before just weren't greedy? And now all of a sudden they are greedy. They're always greed charging the most that they well. can. Yeah, I think, yeah. again, with like the market thing of like if you charge so much that someone won't pay for it, then you have to come down and blah, 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 and whatever. That's not the parameter to look for that's different now, you know? And it's we're not looking far enough, far enough down the line if that's like where you stop at that, you know? Oh, I can't I hear Jake. Muted. This all reminded me of this one. Um, I don't know if you follow you follow Defiant.ls, but um, he finds contradictions in people's tweets and posts. Oh, Pres that's a, and this guy says fun. presidents don't control gas prices, but you know who does? The Republican smooch and fossil fuel industry. And then later <laughs> on, he tweeted out a sign of a low gas price and said, "Thank you, President Biden." Yeah, I can't tell you how many times this guy has found this exact thing um from completely different people in i wonder if he's the same person that found i was just thinking of this recently a contradiction where someone posted the two side by side and it was like some like conservative uh whatever person i i don't remember exactly what it was, it was but they were like yeah because he this, yeah this account is fantastic if you want to go follow it. it it has something great every single day defiant dot <laughs> is is it defined, defined that is? L's. It's defined, it's defined L's. L's. Yeah. Uh, defined not, LS. Oh, it's a lowercase L, not a capital I. Our Correct. text is so stupid. Um, L's. 
And then so the person was like highlighting a, a tweet from, you know, a month ago. And it was like, no one should be made to do anything they don't want to do. That's not freedom. That's not America, whatever. Nice. And then like a month later, they were like, everyone should be made to say the Pledge of Allegiance in class. This is America. And you're like, you, you can't, what? Like a month ago, you said you can't make someone do something they don't want to do. And now you're like... It was probably him. You have to do that. this. <laughs> it very much might be, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, that's enough bashing Biden. We can we can literally do that every single week. So we'll come. We back could do that, that for a week straight next yeah. week. Um, this this is probably older. Uh, actually, this is older. It went viral in 2021, but uh, I thought it was just so funny um, that I had to bring it up again. So here we go. This is a conversation between an Irish farmer and an Irish policeman. <laughs> Your proof that you don't have the virus. Where's my proof? Yes. That I don't have it. Yes. Where's your proof that you don't have it? I don't have to prove to you. You're the one that stopped me. If you want to go along with this scam damage, scam damage. You have no right to be setting up checkpoints. None of your business now. Well, actually, you're required. I'm not required <laughs> under our constitution to do anything you say. I am going to the hardware store to get supplies for my farm. Okay. Okay. And where are you traveling from? My farm. <laughs> None of your business. No, it's fucking not. We didn't have fight 800 years for you to start treating us worse than the British fucking army did. <laughs> did we? I fucking love this guy. Show me the pandemic. The fucking news! Are you having a laugh? <laughs> RTE! What fucking news? Shit! The BBC! <laughs> really? <laughs> so the crying news? You want me to watch the crying news? Of course it's shit. Where's your proof? I love this man. I know that guy oh is a God. hero. I wish uh, I wish we knew more about him um, so we could praise his name because that dude is awesome. That guy um, is my hero of the day. I fucking love that guy. Yes. I don't know him and I love him. Yeah. I mean, absolutely hilarious. I'm going to um, drink to him. Well, because cheers to that. Yeah. Clink. Um, yeah. Uh, again, y'all, we're in, we're in just the funny section, so we don't have to analyze these things at all. Um, Zane, I know you're itching too, but you can just, I'm not going to analyze it. I'm just going to toast it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, well, here's Pierre Polivier. That's how you pronounce it, right? Pol I have no idea. I can't. That's not Polivier. It's Pierre Bagatoire. Poivier. It's definitely not it. <laughs> um, just talking to a reporter. He was responsible for you to call yesterday's explosion by the customs, uh, by the checkpoint at the Rainbow Bridge terrorism when no U.S. or Canadian officials said that was, the, or authorities said that was the case, and when the New York governor also said there was no evidence to suggest terrorism activity. Actually, you're wrong. Are you a CP? Okay, so CP, by the way, CP, just for everyone's knowledge, <laughs> did have to make three corrections for falsehoods <laughs> that they put into a single article. I think that might be unprecedented. 
Um, I'm actually thinking about checking with the Guinness Book of World Records to see <laughs> if there's ever been a news agency that has had to issue three corrections for, for patent one. falsehoods that they admit they had been made in one single article, and now oh you've made God. yet another falsehood in your question. Um, um, where you are wrong is it. that CTV reported that the government of Canada was presuming that the incident was terrorist. So, yeah, that was, and that's what I said in my remarks. You're right. It was a media report. By a media report, the nod. Which is what I said in the House. I said there are media reports. <laughs> what kind of statement? I didn't. I said there were media reports. <laughs> no, there's no distinction. What I said, and I was right, was that there were media reports. Do you think it was? I love that. That's amazing. Even as he's explaining it to her, she cannot yeah. come to grips with it. Yeah. Like that. She's gone it, too far at this it's point. It's sad right? and it's also kind of humorous. At watching, the same time. watching, um, journalism and journalists on a train going in a direction and it's like an ego driven kind of a thing and not able to course correct it really highlights how i i actually used to look up to like the concept of the journalist and journalism in a professional way of like really trying to remove yourself and your own bias from your reporting as best you can. And I'm not saying it was perfect, but I think that was the goal and it's no longer the goal. Like it, I it just ubiquitously like in mainstream media, it is just like, now the goal is actually to support a certain bias. Like it's uh, insane. We've gone a hundred percent the other way. And I'm not journalists, but I think you're deluding yourself about the noble history of journalism. Like you can go all the way back to the 1930s in the New York Times. People were writing glowing reviews of Stalin and communism and how great it was. <laughs> I'm like I said, it's not perfect, but I think that the tonality is that we're not even trying to look like we're being unbiased anymore. True. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's something different yeah. about it. But I like I said, it's never been perfect. I'm not ever gonna like suck the media dick like it's not gonna happen <laughs> and when this was playing out before we even got to the media thing um when she was you know accusing him of like saying that it was terrorism or whatever i was getting like flashbacks to like 9-11 reporting at the time and it was the media that first said and put the words in the public's ears that it might be a terrorist attack it was like their sort of like yeah. you know presumption that that was what was going on yeah. And was shifting the mindset of the people before we've we're, we're talking thirty minutes in to the event, yeah. and like that's what was said. Yep. And so this is not surprising that he was citing a media report at the time, and that early on that they were saying that or whatever, because this is the trend that we have. Because I honestly, that's the fucking that's the job of the media at this fucking point. Like that is to just put in people's minds like what they want you to think that something is at this fucking point. So yeah. I'm not surprised that that's where that was going. Well, I know you said not to analyze is it. That, the moral of the story is that instead of listening to media reports, this guy should watch our show. There we go. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, here's another. The fucking news. <laughs> the fucking crown news. <laughs> yeah, we're not the crown news. <laughs> All right. Here we go. This is a farmer running a tractor with a hay baler behind him. More farmers. Oh no. What is he doing? What what am I watching here? <laughs> <laughs> 
just watch. What is happening? It's like a Minecraft character. <laughs> I thought that was so stinking funny. But um, why do you have to take your clothes off to do that? I think it made it funnier. <laughs> That's fair. Like it made it way funnier that he got <laughs> naked to go bail himself. And no, that part's fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's content. It's yeah. content. Um, this is also hilarious. Here we go. It's actually surreal for French speakers right now because in French, Phonetically, chat GPT sounds exactly like cat I farted. Chat GPT. We are on TV and the news, people going cat I farted over and over with a straight. Is cat I farted going to steal your job? How are schools dealing with cat I farted? Lawyer caught using cat I farted. It's incredible. <laughs> I love this now. Oh, oh my god, so good! All right, final one. It's a little late, it's a Halloween one, but uh, hilarious. Here we go. All right, just from across there, you yeah. um, my son, yeah. my son is crying his eyes out. You gave him this bag of sweets, yes. Or and Halloween. He gave him expensive Ferrero Rochers. He was so excited. That little boy was so excited. And then, and then, he opened them. And this, you gave him a Brussels sprout. No, 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 not just one. You gave him, and not another. Russell Sprout. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> You're laughing. My son is in there crying his eyes out. Trick or treat. How can you do that to a five year old? Are you serious? It's Halloween is trick or treat. How is a five year old supposed to understand? That's a fair point. What sort of a person are Really? <laughs> You trick a five-year-old. Halloween is trick or treat. You got tricked. You got tricked. Oh, oh, he got tricked. Really? You really think that now he's five? He's Brussels sprouts. What were you thinking? A Brussels. I didn't know his age. He's five. Well, I thought it was funny. You know what? You there's something very wrong with you if you are amused by this. Oh my goodness. Oh, so good. So good. That's um, a good one. Well, y'all, thank y'all, everybody, for watching the show, listening to the show. We really appreciate it. We love coming on here and doing this. We It was actually kind of sad missing last week. Um, I probably could have done it, too. Half my family was asleep by, like, 6 p.m., so. <laughs> I was uh, pretty deep into the Two Towers. Nice. Not the Twin Towers, the Two Towers. Two towers. Twin Towers is next week. Twin Towers is a couple weeks from now. Oh, is that right? And that, that's not going to be live. It will be a whole production. So, um, 
yeah, but thank y'all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, we're going to keep having shows throughout December. I will not be hosting any of them. So y'all will have to pick up the slack. Zach, Zane, Steve, Alden. Y'all Who's enjoy. hosting? Um, I guess we'll figure that. I guess y'all will figure that out. We're libertarians. Um, we're leaderless. We don't know. I will happily come in to uh, to be a guest on an episode and not host. Uh, you can play trivia. Can play trivia. Yeah. So yeah. y'all just let me know when that is. Um, if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party, oh, before that, good night, Grumpy. Thanks <laughs> for tuning grumpy. in, buddy. Um, if you have any questions about the Libertarian Party of Georgia, what we do, what we believe in, um, you can go to lpgeorgia.com. If you're not in the state of Georgia, go to lp.org. Um, our convention to elect a president, presidential candidate, is coming up next year. So uh, if you need to get your convention package or whatever it is now, um, Go do that before the prices go up. Um, anything else we need to talk about, Zach, before we head out? I don't think so. Sweet. All right. Zane, Alden, Zach, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you all so much. Um, that'll do it for tonight, y'all. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.